Welcome to Backstage with Jeff and Paige, the podcast that takes you behind the green curtain and backstage with children's musicians and environmental educators, Jeff and Paige, as they share their passion with you for raising the next generation of environmental stewards. I'm your host, Maeve Emanuel. You may have seen me at the merch table sporting one of Jeff and Paige's purple surprisable bear t-shirts. I'm Jeff and Paige's assistant, video editor, and membership coordinator. I'm also usually the one frantically pushing buttons during their live streams. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. In the years I've been working with Jeff and Paige, I've learned so much more about the natural world in a memorable way and have found myself loving science and nature more than I ever have in my lifetime. They took this burned out and sedentary freelancer who liked her screen time in the great indoors and turned her back into a mountain hiking, tree planting, garden tending lover of the great outdoors. And if they could do that for me as an adult, then just imagine the impact they're having on the lives of your kids. And sometimes when I'm feeling busy with so much to complete, pushing keys on some computer, control of delete, I will take a break and visit the great outdoors. Trees that sway and birds of prey, grass loving herbivores, pine needle floors, campfire s'mores. I gotta get outdoors. There's power in positive thinking, and throughout my time working with Jeff and Paige, I've witnessed the positive associations that children are forming with being in the great outdoors. Jeff and Paige get kids up and moving, always giving them a part to play in the story they're telling. It's these positive musical associations with planet Earth and the act of exploring and experimenting with science and nature from a young age that will inspire kids to protect and preserve it throughout their lifetimes. So I wake up, jump up, open up and get outdoors. Get outdoors, gotta get outdoors, gotta get outdoors. No matter what I'm feeling, it's always so appealing. I once befriended a wise woman from Baghdad. She once said something to me that I've never forgotten. To live life as though you're riding a bicycle. Travel light and look both ways for opportunities. Bicycles turn easier than cars, she would say. Rid yourself of the heaviness and travel light so that when life throws interesting turns at you, you'll be ready. Which brings us to the present and interesting turns. Nothing could have ever prepared us for the twists and turns that 2020 presented. On today's episode, I sat down with Jeff and Paige to talk about parenting through a pandemic and the ways it's shifted the work they do to bring science and nature to life through musical theater and community-sponsored concerts for kids. I also wanted to know a bit more about the story behind their first creative endeavor together as friends in grad school. A short musical they co-wrote called The Spirit of Community. And spoiler alert, it's not what you think. For context, Jeff and Paige didn't go to a normal graduate school. The graduate school that they went to was experiential, and some of the experiences they had, you just have to see to believe. Paige, Jeff, and their fellow graduate students traveled and lived together for a semester on a retrofitted school bus. Because if you're going to be an educator of social and environmental issues, then you'd better learn how to live in community, share your resources, and be a great communicator. And that's exactly what the experience was intentionally designed to help the group learn how to do. Here they are to tell the story. A real world type, um, I mean like MTV's real world Mm -hmm. or Survivor or whatever kind of situation (laughs) except we weren't being filmed and we're like, ha ha, you want to learn about all these issues but we're actually going to make you live them. 
So there was a lot of rules and there was a lot of um, talking and like meeting in circles and trying to figure out how we were going to do <laughs> buy food and who was going to do this and did anyone get voted off the bus? There was no voting off the bus. <laughs> there was definitely threatening to leave at different points. There were these things called check-ins, which were lovely, but where we would go around and all talk about how we were feeling and. Jeff hated them, massively hated them. <laughs> they could go on for hours. It, we did a lot of things through a process of consensus. Anyway, my point of painting this picture to you is that we created this musical that basically made fun of all of it. Oh, wow. And we performed it, and it was the edgy. graduate community to mixed reviews. <laughs> no, I think they really liked it. I think this, most of the students liked it, and some of the faculty. The, year all. one, I think everyone liked it. There was a reprise in year two, and that one, I think people Mixed were reviews. like, oh, you, "Oh, people were like, oh, they're making fun of us." Yeah, um, so the story of the spirit of community, though, was a young. Yeah, we're not gonna get into the plot line. I mean, a little bit. If you want to sing the song. I'm, no, I don't need yeah. to. I don't right, need to give the right, premise. All right. Uh, I mean, there's many songs. Do you, I, I think we're we're gonna perform just a little bit of the take three ticks before you speak. <sighs> that was good. <laughs> no, take three before you speak. Wow, that was good. Oh yeah. We oh, had yeah. the big opening number, mindfulness, consciousness. Um, we are gonna sing just a little of the big hit number, group hug. <laughs> group hug. Yes. That Which sounds like a very bolder thing, I for sure. Which actually, group hug wasn't something that actually happened. That was when we really took it to the parody sure. space. No one had group mm -hmm. hugs. So yeah, group really hug wasn't. might have been the moment the faculty decided that the play was not necessarily in the best spirit of community, ironically. <laughs> <clears throat> Without guitar, we'll just do it a cappella. You who are feeling lonely, you who are feeling down, don't bear those nasty feelings on your own, kid. Hey, the community's around. You sigh ah, to show your sadness. You try to hide your fears. You cry a raging river. And 22 handkerchiefs will dry your tears. With just a group hug every morning. A group hug every day. Don't despair, relax, the sun <laughs> is shining. Okay. Reconnection's just a group hug away. Community's just a group hug away. Nice. Good closing harmony. All right, all right. I will say, though, that that, that um, humor yeah. and love of, of really, like, being able to step out of things and make fun of them while also taking them seriously Ooh. is really essential to our our creative partnership and to what I think comes out in our performances mm -hmm. as well. Right, because we can make fun of a group hug, but bo we both actually we really like like group hugs. And we love living in that community of people, mm -hmm. and we love all the things that that means. But it's it's also important to be able to laugh at it. And I think to to bridge into the the work that we do now. That's one of the biggest shifts I've seen in our work since we started um, 10, 15 years ago, depending mm -hmm. on which date you decide to choose. Um, it felt really serious to educate about nature and science and the environment. 
And slowly over time, we realized we didn't want to be serious about it. We wanted to be joyful and playful about mm. it, especially for children. And at first that was for the children, and then slowly it was also for us and mm-hmm. for the parents. And that's probably the most important way that I think we can actually create environmental stewards is by connecting them with the joy and love of nature and science rather than the gloom and doom of some environmental picture. Right, and showing them that people who are talking about nature or something serious like climate change mm-hmm. can do so in like, you know, a funny costume and in with funny voices and props that you don't see every day. Yeah, absolutely, and it makes me think a lot actually about your rainbow socks, right, which have become kind of your signature, um, you know, thing that that people recognize you by. Um, You know, so how did that get started, and what does it represent in your approach to how you do this work and how you perform? So I want to answer my way first, and then you should say yours, because yours is like direct to the actual physical rainbow sock, but I had a really hard time when I was in high school. Mm for a lot of reasons I will not get into right now. Um, but it's just in school in general, which is also why I care about bringing joy to education. Um, so that is connected. But one of the things I used to do when I was in high school, um, when I was feeling really alone and like I wasn't in the right place, was I wore funny socks. Hmm. And I would... I didn't know this. Yeah, I've, I've told this story a couple of times, but it's okay. I'm, I'm glad you don't remember. Married again. I'm married. Yeah. Um, I would, I don't know, I just kind of would feel like maybe I was conforming in some way with maybe the rest of what I was wearing or what I was having, felt like I was being forced or having to do in the education system, but then I would wear these like funky socks with patterns on them and I would just look at my socks throughout the day and it would make me feel better. So I, I have always had a collection of colorful socks since I was about 14 or 15 years old. Um, and then... I, I always wore very boring socks. Does anyone else like navy blue? Matching navy blue? Because that is the opposite of the rainbow sock. Um, I, I just had a, an old wool pair. We still have one of those socks. That was the original rainbow sock. In case Paige doesn't recall, it's still tied to a small cooler at our house. I know where it is. Um, and I, I wore it to a gig I, I just think it was like fit at the time whatever I thought of as a children I was like oh a children's musician would wear this thing mm-hmm. um, and then I realized that I just liked being very having those colors mm-hmm. um, and I can't answer that question without giving a shout out to my mom Jeff Kagan, Kagan keeps our supply of yeah. rainbow socks rocking. If this is being made public in any form, she's inevitably listening. So, <laughs> Mom, thank you for giving us the, the socks. It's always a special day when we crack a fresh pair Should of rainbows. So how many pairs have you gone through, you think? <sighs> oh, my gosh. Dare I ask? 48 yeah. wow. per person. Dozens. Wow. So yeah, you, one could theoretically, like, tie a rope together yeah. of all these socks. You'd have a giant yes. rainbow rope well, and, symbolizing and, your career. To them becoming our actual brand, um, that we both just started wearing them for slightly different reasons, I think. Yeah. And um, I love that they represent diversity mm-hmm. in in all of its forms, in nature, and then also just the rainbow mm-hmm. actually being a natural phenomenon, not just a, a symbol. 
Um, mm-hmm. But one of the most beautiful natural phenomenon that we, we could we could imagine, really. What has this past year shown you as parents? When the shutdown happened, um, so I, I can only answer for myself, obviously, and I know that some of the things we experienced were ubiquitous for, for mm-hmm. everyone, and some were not at all. So with that disclaimer, when, when the shutdown happened, oh gosh, I'm gonna go back one second, actually, to, to the day before. Mm-hmm. I think it was a Thursday, but I could be wrong about the day. We did an assembly at a school, and it was so weird mm-hmm. because it was clear something was coming down the pipe, and mm-hmm. it was like, we're going into school, we don't want to touch anything, everybody's hand sanitizing, but that's before anybody wore masks. The kids were really wild and crazy. Everybody just kind of had this feeling of, mm-hmm. of the weirdness of, of everything happening, and it's just wild to think that that was actually the last time we were in a school building. Mm-hmm. To, to this day, we haven't been able to enter our own child's school building. Wow. Um, March 12th. So yeah, it was March 12th, 2020. And literally the next day, they shut schools and you know nobody went back. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's kind of a place where it intersects for me of being a parent and an educator because mm-hmm. we actually haven't been able to go back into schools. And mm-hmm. so for us, that's impacted our work greatly because we uh, normally make a lot of our living through doing assemblies in schools. Some of that was switched to virtual, but certainly not at the same scale. Um, And then as parents, we went home and schools shut down and our kid wasn't in school and our business was basically collapsing. Mm -hmm. Um, So the stress and anxiety of that is something I frankly hope I never have to live through again. Mm -hmm. Um, Being a parent, on top of watching everything you've worked so hard for for 10 years basically collapse was excruciating mm-hmm. and um try just trying <laughs> trying to just act like everything was okay when it wasn't mm-hmm. but then also at times showing that it wasn't because what else are you going to do and at that time our son was five right he was five and our daughter alice was a baby so nine mm-hmm. months old yeah, it's hard enough to cope with it on a personal level, much less try to walk your child through, you know, a year like that. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's obviously changed the way that you had to perform. So what's that been like, performing in front of a screen? That's, uh, I f- yeah, I feel like we have, like any pursuit, and you you learn from from the tough times you learn from just jumping in and, and doing it, figuring out what works and what doesn't. And um, yeah, we had a lot of hard moments and a lot of joyful moments of feeling connected to people even though we couldn't see them just through chats or through getting to see the face of one kid on a screen or watching or seeing photos that people had sent to us of their children. Mm-hmm dancing at home while what we were putting out um, which felt like just us alone in an office building in East Boulder and then you get these photos of the kids or videos of them dancing at, in their home and realize that that our connection was was still coming through um, and now we're still doing um, some some form of that and, and just thinking back to doing live streams was that we would we kind of get to bring in some of our 
actual lesson planning and teaching to those where we could say, you know, put out almost a lesson plan ahead of time, like show up to the show with these props and we're going to walk you through this five minute hands-on lesson where you get to, you know, create this craft that goes along with the next song that we're going to sing. And that to me is almost like the curriculum development that we worked on in graduate school where we met and the going into the schools that I used to do with Thorne and and writing lesson plans that Paige did for the high school students that, that she worked with before being a performer for children. And I, it just feels like that's more of a full circle for us, that we get to bring lesson planning in and make it combine nicely with our science and nature and performance education. And that's where you, the place where you find that really is in our Jeff and Paige membership. So in our membership, um, you're going to get not just the Jeff and Page performers, but also Jeff and Page, the educators, walking mm-hmm. grown-ups and kids through how to do these awesome, simple, connecting nature and science activities and experiments that you get to do at home. I feel like we've taken those hard moments and those great moments and we've whittled it, whittled it down into our, the, our current membership, our, our CSM, our Community Supported Music membership. and that we have those best parts of that year and a half of being online available now and we kind of know at least it's not perfect still we're still figuring out exactly what the right thing is to offer but we have a much better idea of what we want a a membership and a connection online and otherwise to look like. What are some of the ways you've had to adapt your performances from sort of the in-person live format to the, the screen version? And how do you keep that connection going with your audience? I think the biggest, I mean, gosh, th- there's so much I could say about having to adapt from a live performance theater performance with a lot of audience engagement to an online platform. But without boring any listeners, um, I think we've tried to create something that's still really hands-on and that's connecting the parent and the child. Um, or the, I'm sorry, I don't want to be parent biased, the grown up and the child, because it might be a teacher or it might be a grandparent or it might be a friend or a babysitter, a nanny. What we've learned is that what Jeff and Paige do in a live setting is an amazing connecting moment for parents and kids. Um, and what Jeff and Paige do in a live stream setting or a nature video setting or an activity online setting is the same thing and that that's actually the most wonderful thing that we offer our community. Uh, I want to say one more quick story. Uh, So this is months after the shutdown. I ran into a friend and she said, I tuned into a bunch of your live streams during the pandemic. Like, thank you so much for doing that. And one of them was at the very beginning and we had just shut down and we Everybody was just like, what is happening? Are we going to be okay? Are we going to die? Are we going to have toilet paper? Just all of those thoughts and feelings um, were going on. And she said, and I tuned in, and I saw you and Jeff, and I saw you, and you you were holding Alice, and she was crying. And Jeff was playing the guitar, and you clearly were ready to be done, Paige, and Jeff was still playing the guitar. And And Maeve was frantically pushing buttons. And Maeve was there in the background, and we weren't even in the same place because we couldn't be at the time. And 
She said, and I just knew everything was going to be okay. And that's probably one of the best compliments I mm. ever could have received because I think being a performer, whether it's online or in front of a live audience, um, you get to be a reflection of what's happening in the world. And so to do that in a joyful way that makes people feel like everything's going to be okay is like makes me really nailed it. What's next for you guys? We're definitely excited about being in the very early phases of recording a seventh album. That's always fun to put out new music, but not just put out the music, like figure out the costuming and the the actual performance piece that makes that those songs come alive for, for kids and grown-ups as well, and us. The next album is called Hey Alice. Mm -hmm. It's about the Revolutionary War. No, that's because we have a... Um, album that's called Mighty Wolf and Wolf is our son and we realized that we could not have um, only one child have an album named after them so this one's going to be called Hey Alice which is the name of our daughter and the reason it got that name is because when Alice was born and to this day Wolf says almost all the time Hey Alice, look at this Hey Alice, oh hey Alice <laughs> so it's a phrase we hear a lot of in our home Yep, there will be it's all nature and science, uh, songs like like all of our other albums, and it'll be, mm, let's think of some of the topics. We have got Loose Limber and Lie Jellyfish. We have got... Yeah, it's Invertebrates. Yeah. Snowfall. We We're, have Summer Canyon. We've got a song about... Um, baby owls trying to uh, getting ready to leave the nest fledging for the first time we've got a song about warm versus cold-blooded animals we're gonna also explore a little silly tale about a prairie dog and a cowboy mm. looking for the wild west to roam that maybe doesn't exist anymore yeah and some of it is like some of the some of the album is to be determined still Part of our process is me creating songs and then sharing them with Paige and deciding together which ones get to go in and which ones have to take a back seat and wait for the next album or no album. And Las Mareas. Las Mareas, the tides. <laughs> that's going to be on there. Well, that's a, that's that song has a story in and of itself, but we'll mm -hmm. save that for another time. Yeah, I would love to hear that. So, so many of your albums are obviously conceptual, or they, you know, they have themes to them. Um, is that kind of the case with this one, or is it just a collection of new songs know, that yeah. you've written? We, that's the part that we won't know until we really see what the body of work is, mm -hmm. and then decide what kind of a story we want to go through it, if we want it at all. We always seem to have to have and want to have. Ooh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Ooh, ooh, ah, ah, we're hiking. hiking. Ah, ah, ooh, ooh, ah, ah, we're hiking. Because I'd say after a show, particularly for a smaller child, mm -hmm. the most requested song, if they come buy an album from us, is ooh, ah, ah, we're hiking. Mm -hmm. So I say, oh, it's on all the albums. <laughs> when I'm feeling happy, angry, silly, or lonely, because everybody feels them all. Everybody when I'm feeling happy. Silly and lonely. Well, all I need all is I to need go and heed the call of the wild. I gotta get outdoors. Get outdoors. Get outdoors. No matter what I'm feeling, it's always so appealing. 
matter what I'm feeling. Nature's so appealing. In the words of Maya Angelou, I've learned that people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. If you've ever been to a Jeff and Page show, whether it was on the beautiful Chautauqua Green during Meadow Music or inside a local library, you know the joy, laughter, and sense of togetherness that these concerts bring. And it's that same sense of community, connection to nature, and collaboration with one another that will empower us to meet any challenge, from COVID to climate change. Thanks for listening to this episode and for being a part of this work. If you've enjoyed this podcast, be sure to give it a like and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. You can also keep in touch with Jeff and Paige on social media at Jeff and Page through their website, jeffandpage.org, or by becoming a Jeff and Page member. If you want to support this work and help them reach more children with science and nature education, visit members.jeffandpage.org to start your membership today. You'll get awesome perks like weekly hands-on science and nature activities, animated announcements, printable activities, and more. We'll see you on the trails. century energy super 21st century energy super 21st century energy super 21st century energy super 21st century energy super hero